Chapter Thirty Nine of *The Hall in the Grove* by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The blind gropings of genius. Most unexpectedly, at least to the sufferers, the current of Miss Irene Butler's thoughts was changed. Before the change, however, came two eventful days. I do not mean the anniversary exercises of St. Paul's Grove, nor the organization of the class of '84 though these were events about which I designed telling you, as they will always be remembered by many who joined in the exercises. I do not mean the lecture by Joseph Cook, a lecture in itself so wonderful that an attempt to describe it, or even quote from it, appalls me. I mean the grand temperance meeting inaugurated at Chautauqua on a certain Saturday evening, by a lecture from that remarkable woman, Mrs. Yeomans of Canada." It may be possible that she has spoken to even larger audiences than that which greeted her in the amphitheatre that evening, but she certainly could never find a more enthusiastic one. Those who came to hear the lecture, expecting simply to be entertained, were entertained certainly, but they were also treated to clear-cut, directly put, incontrovertible logic on the liquor question, and especially on the license law. The fact is, said Kent Monteith, if there was a man in the audience to-night who advocated the license law, I feel rather sorry for him, on the principle that a degree of sympathy ought to be bestowed on the one who is down. They certainly were terribly scathed. Then Caroline, to whom he was speaking, went over in her mind certain sentences that she had heard in the lecture. For instance, this one, why, if the liquor-seller's license had the superscription of the United States and of old England, it would not avail, for there would still thunder from heaven's high throne, Woe to him that giveth his neighbor drink! Or this, I find that the first prohibitory liquor law ever passed was passed in the Congress of Heaven. It was not submitted to the people, it never had to be remodeled, and it never will be repealed. I find in the Bible the awful iniquity of taking a revenue from the liquor traffic, and putting it into the till of the government. Listen! Woe unto him that buildeth a town with blood, and establisheth a city with iniquity. Every phase of the subject is in the Bible, and the thought came to me whether there was an instance of legalized iniquity in the Bible, and I knew if there was, it was placed there for our reproof. As I turned over the sacred pages, the case of Haman came to my mind, and I thought, there is an instance of legalized wrong. He bought a government license to kill his fellow men, and paid the price into the revenue of the government. Yes, said Caroline, having thought the matter over carefully. She was almost severe enough to suit my feelings on that question. You are intense in all your feelings, aren't you? he said, regarding her with an interested smile. You did not impress me in that way at first. If he wanted her to ask how she impressed him at first, he was disappointed, for she went on with the talk about the wonderful lecture. I think it is a very remarkable effort, she said earnestly. If almost any one but Joseph Cook had spoken this afternoon, it would not have been quite so hard for a woman to follow but as it was, I trembled for her, despite the reputation which she has. I need not have trembled. It was a case of wasted sympathy. Then you think her quite equal to Joseph Cook? What a sentence! said Caroline, laughing. 
no person in his senses would think of comparing the two for a moment they will never be rivals as poor miss butler says but you know i do not more than half approve of women occupying the place she takes before the public don't you she said indifferently and her companion could not determine whether it was indifference to the subject or to the person expressing the objection do you he asked resolved upon knowing what she meant why i approve of a woman's occupying any place that she can fill and we shall certainly have to admit that she was able to fill it well but miss caroline what would induce you to come before the public in that manner the talent of mrs yeomans she said gaily and that i shall never possess so my friends need not be troubled about me in that direction if he hardly liked the saturday evening lecture i don't know how he endured the day following with one exception and that one joseph cook the platform was filled all day with lady speakers mrs lathrop of michigan mrs woodward of ohio francis willard of everywhere what a day it was whether kent monteith approved or not he was present all day an attentive even an eager listener how was it possible for a man of sense to be other than attentive for certainly if ever woman had silver nay golden tongues and lifted their voices grandly for the cause of truth and right it was on that day at chautauqua the different meetings followed each other all day in quick succession and all day the crowds gathered each gathering seeming larger if possible than the preceding one grand work for the cause was surely done that day in some directions more was done than many dreamed of for instance the inhabitants of the fenton cottage realized disastrous consequences it was miss irene again and this time she took for her confidant the pretty amy thereby so astonishing and embarrassing that young lady on whom she had hitherto looked down from a lofty height that the fair-faced girl could hardly recover from her flutter enough to listen i want to talk to you miss irene had said because you appear to me less selfish than the rest of the family they are all so absorbed in their own pursuits that it is almost impossible to hold their attention don't you think they are intensely selfish but amy flushing hotly declared that she did not think so at all and this little episode served to bring back her self-control she had no fondness for listening to criticism of any sort on these friends of hers still miss irene insisted that they so impressed her but magnanimously added that it was not strange there were so many things going on calculated to absorb the common mind i have something of importance to tell you continued the artist and elocutionist i talked with mrs fenton before but she is a very difficult person to talk with she has so many ideas of her own and like all persons set in her mould is very hard to move you know what has been interesting i may say absorbing me for a few days well i have given it up entirely not that i do not plainly see that i have talent in that direction of a marked order but after thinking the whole matter over most carefully it has become apparent to me that it is my duty to hold the masses you get my meaning i explained it carefully to mrs fenton but perhaps she did not make it clear to you that elocution like painting is extremely limited in its reaches 
that comparatively few people are touched by either of these sublime arts, while one's own ideas, clothed in glowing language and accompanied by appropriate gestures, will hold an immense audience spellbound. We had an illustration of it last Sunday evening, and all day Sabbath. There are those who speak of Mrs. Yeomans and Miss Willard and the rest as rare geniuses set apart to a special work. I admit that they are rare, but after all they were commonplace, intensely commonplace, by the side of what I feel myself capable of doing. You see, I speak plainly. I hold it to be mock modesty that restrains a person from recognizing and admitting her manifest talents. It is only an undue estimate of oneself that is to be deplored. I have quite determined to enter the lecture field. I don't want to appear in the light of a rival to these good ladies who have done what they could on this platform, and for that reason, among others, I don't intend to confine myself to the subject of temperance. In fact, I think it more in keeping with my range of talent to take a very wide sphere. I shall not ignore a single one of the topics which have been discussed on this platform. Joseph Cook's last lecture impressed me very favorably, and started a train of thought that I believe I can carry out in a way to startle the world. Little Amy was certainly a good listener. She sat as one spellbound under this avalanche of words. In truth, she no more knew what to say to this woman than did the pretty red and brown bird who just then stopped at the window and chirped a good evening to them. At last Miss Irene seemed to observe her silence, whether or not she did her dismay. "'You are overwhelmed with the magnitude of the undertaking,' she said kindly. "'I do not wonder. It takes a determined soul to grasp these lofty possibilities.' my education in painting has been of great advantage to me here i know my power in that direction and therefore i am not afraid to trust it in another toward which i feel the same mysterious yearnings i tell you my dear when i sat there on saturday evening and saw that immense audience listening to that woman and heard the outbursts of applause and when i saw the throngs gather all day sabbath no less a crowd to hear those women in the afternoon than came to hear the giant cook in the morning, I tingled to my fingers' ends with conscious power. I find that I crave this recognition from the public, need it, indeed, to inspire me to greater efforts. I have been living a selfish life hitherto, absorbed in my own paintings, content to reach a very few who were far enough advanced to sympathize with me. It was just so with sculpture, or rather it would have been had I allowed myself to remain absorbed. In a less degree it would have been the same with elocution, only the comparatively few minds capable of appreciating the higher branches of that art being helped by me. But in this thing which I have at last chosen, don't you see I can reach the multitude? I think all these other efforts were the blind gropings of genius to reach its level of power." I suppose, my dear, you have no such intense aspirations after the grand heights of life. You hardly understand what I mean, do you? What was little Amy to say? She had not that keen sense of the ludicrous which was at once Mrs. Fenton's amusement and torment. She had not Caroline's clear-sightedness which would have instantly labeled this whole entire flight of genius folly, yet she dimly perceived the folly and the fun, 
and was at the same time distressed by the intense earnestness which the woman before her threw into all these spasms of nonsense which took hold of her why cannot people be so intense in doing really grand things moralized this little girl while the woman before her waited looking patronizingly down on the fair bit of flesh and blood i don't know said amy at last feeling obliged to speak yes i can understand ambition i think and earnestness such as you seem to have but i cannot understand the object quite i know something that i would like to do that i long to do and that if i thought i could ever accomplish i would be glad to give all my life to if you had the same object i could understand your eagerness and what is the object you dear little mouse i did not know you had one intense aspiration the soul has gleams of immortality it seems no matter what body it is hiding in this last sentence in a sort of musing aside amy took little note of it she was thinking just how to word what she wanted to say i think she said speaking slowly and carefully the pink flush meanwhile deepening on her cheek i think if i could help to lead one person to understand and love the lord jesus christ as much even as i understand him now so that he would be that soul's eternal salvation it would be ambition enough to fill a lifetime if that were your motive miss irene i could understand you said miss irene regarding her attentively for a full minute before she spoke what a queer little thing you are then she stooped and kissed her i have thus somewhat at length described the changed character of miss irene's aspirations in order that you might fully understand their development when you meet her on the woman's rights platform next winter i trust you will recognize her and accord to her genius the tribute which it merits viewed in the light of a private member of society or as one of a family party she was a failure mrs fenton lost every atom of patience with her before the season at chautauqua was over even declaring after having learned that she was making steady efforts to be admitted on the chautauqua program as one of the platform speakers that it was really unendurable to be brought before the committee of instruction in this offensive manner and that she should certainly tell irene butler if she couldn't act less like an idiot she must find some other boarding place to be sure out of pity for effie she never told her exactly that though she did plainly speak her mind and received as a reward the following mrs fenton i forgive you and i shall never bear the least malice towards you in fact i am encouraged by the view you take of it i suppose there never was a genius yet who had not to suffer martyrdom at the hands of some well-meaning friends she is by no means alone in the world said mr masters coming back to gravity from an outburst of laughter over mrs fenton's irate description of some new suffering at the hands of the family genius the country is full of that class of would-be stars in the literary world and just now more especially on the public platform it is that which brings the whole field of woman's public work into disrepute and lifts into martyrdom those few noble ones who despite the sneers that their aping sisterhood have earned for them bravely take up the work for some cause dear to their heart not only but to god's heart willing to bear the crosses if they may by any means save some 
i'll tell you mrs fenton let us earnestly hope that miss butler so long as she is of this mind will run off on some ridiculous tangent women's rights spiritualism or some other folly where she will do little harm save to herself for as surely as she goes platituding around the world taking temperance or missions or some vital subject for her theme she will just so surely work harm among that class of people who become prejudiced against the object because they see through the folly of the one who presents it End of chapter 39